Good morning. How's everybody doing? Better since you uh, did a little worship, I hope, through music. Sorry, let me get my, my microwave up here. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, kids, if I guess they're already gone. Everybody usually knows the drill, but elementary kids, if there's anybody in here um, that wants to go back, you're free to go now. But um, I'll tell you what, man. Well, I said man generically. Men and women. Um, there's been, I mentioned a few weeks ago, that there's been just a lot of warfare in my own personal life lately. And um, during that last song, just, just, I tell you, like the, the name of Jesus, the power that is in the name of Jesus is real. And um, as I began to worship in that, like I, I, I honestly felt for, for the first time in a long time just like, like I've, I've commanded my soul to fall before the Lord before. Like, and I do that often and I try to do that every day of my life. But like in singing that song, I literally felt weak in my knees pouring my soul into that song. And it was like the Lord was just telling me just, there is power that is much bigger than you think, Jeremy, in my name. That, that you think there is power in my name, but you don't know anything yet. That, you, that you've lived with me for this long, Jeremy, living your life for me, 15 years now, and, and you think you have a glimpse of me, but you do not truly understand the depth of who I am. And that, in and of itself, that thought and the Spirit of God speaking to me is what drove me to my knees. And just understanding that, that, that we serve a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who is the creator of all things, seen and unseen, right? Like, He is big, He is huge, He is, he is greater than our, than our minds can imagine, but yet He desires to live life with you and I. That's huge. That's huge. And I, that was the Jeremy nugget for today. It has nothing to do really with what I'm going to talk to you about, but um, I give you those every once in a while. We've been in a series, uh, we, we did a series before this one, prior to this one, uh, called Necessary Sins, and it was kind of the idea that, that there are things that become commonplace in our lives as Christians that, that just become acceptable, you know, lust, anger, uh, greed, pride, some of these things that are just, just, can just well up in us. And we, and we begin to accept them. We just say that, that they, they become commonplace and we just have to kind of deal with them. And, and a lot of times what we do is we accept them and we, we begin to just uh, quit going to war with them, right? Um, and it was kind of a lot of the thing that we talked about in that was taken off of the old. That, that Christ calls us, when he died for us, he calls us to take off the old and put on the new, Right? And he gives us a picture of those things in Scripture. And so a lot of what we talked about in the last series was, was taking off the old and what that looked like. And, and we decided to jump into this series, The Fruit of the Spirit. This mic is going to drive me insane. Hang on one second. The Fruit of the Spirit to focus on what it looks like to put on the new. Right? Um, so that's, that's what we're, we're diving through um, there is a, a piece of scripture um, that we've been reciting together as we've been uh, joining hearts 
uh, asking God to put on the new, and it'll be on the screen here, but we're going to uh, say it together um, the, as we begin to journey into patience today, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, so starting in verse 3, this is Second uh, Peter 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Ready? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let's pray. God, our desire is to be partakers in the divine nature, Lord. We know that that is only possible through your son, Jesus, that stripping away the old and putting on the new is only possible by the blood that was shed on the cross. Father, we uh, we delight in your son, Jesus. We we desire him to be all that we want. God, uh, we desire him to be all of uh, our hearts, affections, all of our thoughts. Lord, we know that we fail in that daily, but we pray um, we're grateful for your grace and we pray that you would help help grow us. Uh, to, to, to really realize that you have given us all that we need in Christ Jesus for life and godliness. Lord, make us new, uh, a little bit newer today than we were when we walked in the, this room today. Lord, we love you. May your words be louder than mine. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Um, so we talked about love. Uh, there's the different fruits of the Spirit. Mowgli kicked off the series by talking about love and joy. Love is, um, as read in some translations, you, you can read it as uh, um, love, semicolon, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control, right? You can read it as that. And, and kind of in, in through the lens that, that all of these other things define uh, what true love is. Because love is one of those words that you can just toss around there every once in a while and make somebody feel better, um, you know, during a, a situation in their life. I love you. Uh, we tell our, our family and our kids we love them. Um, and that's a, that's a very important thing to do. But what do we really mean whenever we say that we love you? It means we're going to be joyful with you. We're going we're gonna to show you joy. We're going to help find joy in, in your life. We're going to be... Um, we're going to do everything we can to, to, to pursue peace with you, right? We're going to uh, be patient with you. So all of these things kind of define what love is, okay? So that's kind of the, the lens in which we're viewing all this through as we go through the fruit of the Spirit. As defining um, the, the fruit of the Spirit, what it means to, to put on, to take off the old and put on the new. And uh, today we're going to talk about patience. I tried, actually set out last uh, week to... New peace and patience and all in one, but I didn't uh, go over, so I had to back up and, and regroup this week um, and focus on patience by itself. And I think it's very needed because we live in a very impatient culture. All right, I'm going to read you something um, real quick. Um, Francis Chan, um, I think he's just a very forward thinker in our culture um, as far as uh, God and the church and what God is doing. And, and I, I read an article, I read this uh, several years ago, but I, I was reminded of it as I was uh, preparing the message. I went back and found it. And 
he talks about um, he talks about how let's see uh, walking up the mountain and how Moses walked up the mountain to meet God right that he walked up there he met him and that was that was kind of like a a, a commonplace thing that that whenever we spend time with God we go and we expect God to do big things right and how um, he had a, a pastor in India, one of his friends, that called him and, and said that he was just really, really uh, distraught over the state of the church in America. Um, and he says, um, it seems like, uh, this is the pastor in India that says this to Francis Chan, it seems like the people in America would be content to take a selfie with Moses. Don't they know they can go up the mountain themselves? Why don't they want to go up the mountain? My goodness. And as I read that, and as I, as the things that I see uh, week in and week out, and as an elder here at Heritage Fellowship, and as a partaker in, in, the, in the world that we live in as a fireman, and, and as, a, as a father, and as a husband, and all of those things, um, I am I'm, I'm constantly kind of distraught by that same mentality that we as people, especially in our culture today, um, we are so quick right? We are so quick to just uh, to negate our quiet time and throw a sermon on the radio and listen to it going up the road instead of spending time with, with God, right? We are, we are so quick to pick up a book that was written instead of just picking up the book that was given to us. And I'm not, I'm not dogging all of these things. Don't hear, there's resources out there for us to, to, to work towards life and godliness, right? That's, that's, that's the pursuit of our heart. That's what we're doing. But I just wonder how much and, and why it has become commonplace for us to neglect the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, and our time spent with him and, and search for answers about him in so many different ways when we have the opportunity to approach the throne room of grace, as Hebrews says. Right? Why? 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 And I don't know the answer to it, but I think one of them deals with patience. I think one of the answers has to do with patience. Right? There's a... We live in this, this culture that desires more than anything this microwavable mentality, right? A quick fix. I'm hungry, let me pop something in there two minutes. And when it dings, I take it out, I let it let stand. Like if you read the directions, let stand for one minute, right? And then eat it. So you're talking about three minutes max and you're ready to grub. That is the culture that we live in, right? Versus the, the culture that the scripture portrays to us is the crock pot, right? Put something in that thing, let it marinate, baby, right? Let that smell permeate. Let it become something that, that is tasteful, that has substance to it, right? Not something that has so much sodium in it, you can feel it clogging our artery as we put it in our mouth. Right? Something that, that we, can, we can put in here. Plug it up. We can go to work. And when we come home eight hours later, the whole house smells like it, right? And the scripture talks about be a, a, a fragrant offering, right? Ah. Be someone who 
smells like you've been spending time with Jesus. Right? Man. That's what life is all about. Right? That's what life is all about. You've heard it said so many times, don't pray for patience because, the God is, because then God's going to taste you. Or test you, not taste you. We're going to test. We're going to taste that. We're not gonna, that's, that's odd. <laughs> All right. so, we, so we don't value patience, right? We don't value patience. It becomes more of a liability than a fruit in our culture, right? If you're patient with something, if you don't fire back when something's happened to you, if you don't just engage right off the get-go, then, then um, it's, it's more of a liability than it is a, a fruit, But we have to be reminded of these two illustrations of what it looks like to actually become a Christian and to become sanctified in our faith through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because he doesn't make us look like Jesus overnight. Right? He makes us look like Jesus throughout our life. Right? We're in a crock pot for the rest of our life being marinated in the scriptures, being marinated in joy, being marinated in peace, being marinated in kindness and gentleness and, and love and self-control and patience. We're just, you just, take, just think about putting yourself in here and throwing all those things in there with it and putting that baby on low. And, and, and for the next 50, 60, 70 years, however, however long the Lord sees fit, that's what this life called Christianity is about. It's a journey and it's an adventure. And many times, we just want to snap our fingers. We find ourselves in a pinch and we want to push a button and say, three minutes, God, get me out of here. God, get me out of this predicament. Get me out of the situation that I'm in because I can't take it anymore. That's not who God is. So we've heard it said, don't pray for patience. But I uh, challenge you today to pray in your life for the patience the same patience that Christ, our King, demonstrated as He walked on the earth. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here. Define patience. Um, patience, uh, whenever you look at the word patience throughout Scripture, and especially in, in this verse that we're looking at in, in Galatians, uh, when, it, when it defines the fruit of the Spirit, um, you get the word long-suffering. Uh, comes from um, the Greek word meaning long-suffering. So it's this idea that um, you have to be willing to be marinated right i'm going to come back to this over and over again you have to be willing to go through the junk to learn what it means to put off the old and put on the new why do you have to go through the junk because you have to die to yourself right we talked about that last week about when we were talking about peace there is nothing easy about dying to yourself it doesn't come naturally and it's not something that we just wake up and say hmm i think i'll die to myself a little bit today no you and I and everybody in this room and everybody in this world wants what they want when they want it. It's the nature of sin, right? I know better than God knows. But the Scriptures talk about long-suffering. When we talk about the patience and being mistreated, because that's, that's a lot of times what, where patience is, is uh, developed in us the most, right? Um, the, the Scripture says that we are to, uh, to, to go and grow without resentment and without bitterness. 
And patience is the only way that we can begin to even embark on that journey. Right? We're supposed to grow without resentment, without bitterness. Many of us um, have been mocked and hurt and rejected. And the first thing that pops into our mind are just thoughts of revenge. Right? What can I do to get them back? What can I do to make them pay for the way that they have made me feel? Understanding love and forgiveness. It comes down to, to, to whose job is it to bring justice? We have to answer that question. In order to embark on a journey of patience in this idea of long-suffering, we have to answer the question, whose uh, job is it to bring justice ultimately? 1 Peter 2.23 says this, Maybe not. <laughs> Sorry, Chip. I'm picking on you today. Is it coming? There it comes. All right. I was relying on the screen. Talking about Jesus Christ, it says, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Who is it that judges justly? God, the Father, the creator of all the universe. When Jesus was, was, was hung on a cross, when he was beaten, when he was mocked, when he was threatened over and over again throughout his time of ministry on this earth, he didn't do all of those things in return, right? He pointed out truth. He always pointed out truth. If that's one thing I can say about Jesus as he lived on this earth, it was always pointing his finger at truth. Always. And he always did it with grace and love and kindness. Not saying no, 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 but no, he did it with truth and he did it with grace, right? That is the perfect balance of Jesus Christ. That is one thing that you and I can search the rest of our lives for is that balance in our life. We'll never find it completely, right, because we're sinners. But if we can define one thing that separates Jesus from us, it's that balance of grace and truth, right? It's how we become more godly. We live in those things, right? He didn't, he didn't fire back, but he decided in his heart and in his mind and in his soul that the Father was, would be the one that would judge, right? We must have patience in our suffering that God will judge justly. We must trust his promises that he doesn't like anyone messing with his family, right? That it's his kingdom, that we are his people, right? And we have to trust that he is for us and he is not against us no matter what we are going through. That's tough sometimes. I get it. It isn't our job to make other people hurt. And it isn't our job uh, to fire back. It's our job to help them see Jesus in our response to them. Patience. Long-suffering. How are you patient in the midst of the circumstances that you find yourself? Whether it's driving down the road, whether it's... Um, and, and people cut you off, or whether it's uh, somebody you have to deal with at work, whether it's your kids, whether it's your spouse, because all of those people get on our nerves at times, right? It's just the truth, right? We're sinners, we're broken, we're messed up people. And at times, we have to say, oh, man, I just need to, I need to walk away for a second, and I need to practice patience, and I need to allow the Lord, the God of the universe, to use me to help them see Jesus. Patience. That is the only way that we can do it. There's so many uh, uh, Exodus um, 
and James uh, 1, 19, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 5. You can write those down if you're, if you're taking notes and go back and look at them. But one of the things that they talk about, uh, because this is a rival of, of patience, is, is this idea of uh, being slow to anger, right? It's being quick-tempered, uh, quick to, to jump off on, on your hot seat whenever something happens to you. That is a rival to patience, Right? And, and, and Exodus and James and 1 Corinthians and all those, they, they talk about what it means to be slow to anger. And some of you are sitting in here saying, well, Jeremy, if you knew uh, the things that, uh, that my kids do on a daily basis that frustrate me, then, um, then you wouldn't be saying that to me right now. Or, or, or if, you, if you knew the environment that I worked in, that my, my workplace and the type of people that work there and the evil that is going on there, then you wouldn't say that to me. But I just want to remind you, I want to remind you of how Christ loves us. Because we have to go to battle with those things. We have to be willing to practice patience in order to put on the new life. Romans 2.4 says, uh, in talking about, um, talking about the forgiveness of sin, right? That's, Romans is kind of a, a book that, that paints the, the, the big picture, if you go back and read all of it. And in chapter 2 specifically, he's talking about the forgiveness of sin and what Christ has done for us. And he says, Do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance, and what? Patience. Not knowing that God's kindness is meant, kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So he's saying, are you just, are you just, Do you just think that what He did on that cross was just that He just... Just constantly, like no matter what you're doing and no matter how you're viewing life and no matter how you're thinking, that it was meant not to change your perspective, that it was just meant to just continue to throw at you over and over and over and over again. He's saying, no, no. What, is he, what, what was it meant to do? It was, it was meant to lead you to repentance. What is repentance? Understanding that I'm sinful and turning and walking away. About face, right? I'm walking this way. Something has happened in my life. The Lord has shown me that I'm sinful in this area of my life and that I need to change my way. What do I have to do? Walk the other way. And it's a constant battle, right? It's a constant struggle. Christ, we have to be reminded of how Christ loves us, right? We get impatient with God. The other thing that I think whenever we're talking about patience that we have to talk about is waiting on God. And this will be the last thing that I discuss before we wrap it up here. Waiting on God. So often we get impatient. And I can think of many stories throughout Scripture, but probably one of the most famous ones that I'll use today is the story of Abraham and Sarah, right? The impatient uh, promise. Waiting on a promise that God... How many of you are in this room have been promised something by God, spoken directly to you, and you might still be waiting on it today? I am. And I would be a liar if I told you that constantly I don't sit down at times and I don't spend my prayer time at times saying, God, I think I'll do this, this, and this in order to, to accomplish what you promised me. Right? I think I can get there a little faster than you're getting me there, pal. Right? That is the sinfulness of my heart sometimes. And I'm being transparent with you guys so that you understand that. Because God is not one that I should approach in that manner. God is the one that I should say, God, Holy Father of the whole universe, creator of all things, defender of my soul, 
Whatever you want, I want. However you see fit to get me there, that's, what, that's the journey that I want to take. Because you know what's best for me. You know that I need patience in this area. Therefore, you're probably going to bring something into my life that I'm not very patient with. Or that I lose control of a little more. So that I can trust you. So that I can learn what it means to be patient and sit under your rule and sit under your authority. And I, and, I, and I can see that. I can see that that happens throughout Scripture. And therefore, I believe that it's probably going to happen to me. And I'm willing, Father, to walk this path out with you however you see fit. Not the way that I see fit. What did Abraham and Sarah do? They took it upon themselves to, to, to go out and, and, and have this baby that was promised to them, Right? They made their own plan. They schemed it up. He was promised to be the father of nations, but they just could not have a baby. So they decided that, that they would take it upon themselves and they would have a, have a ba- that Abraham would have a baby with another woman, right? With Sarah's permission. So that, so that th- this promise could be f- fulfilled that God gave. And you and I do that constantly. Maybe not on that level or the, in that uh, same realm, but we do that constantly. Let me give you just a, in case you're going, well, I've never done that, Jeremy. Let me just give you a quick example so I can help you understand that you do, right? Because we all do. Uh, salvation is not yours to be earned. Salvation is yours given freely through Christ Jesus. Each one of you in this room, every day, if you are a follower of Christ, try to earn your salvation in one way or another. It's the natural tendency of our soul. It's the battle between religion and Christianity, relationship. Every follower of Christ will fight that battle because we think that we have to earn something that's been given to us freely. We want to do it our way, not accept His way. Waiting on God is something that we all have to be willing to do. We would rather pop it in the microwave, right? Than wait Eight hours on a slow cooked meal. Psalm 40, 1 through 2. This is a psalm of David. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. How did he do all that? How did he hear my cry? How did he... uh, draw him up out of a pit of destruction and out of a miry bog? And how did he set his feet upon a rock? And how did he make his steps secure? Read the first part again. He waited patiently, right? Very good. Thank you, Danielle. He waited patiently. Is there anybody in this room right now, if you're willing, if you're willing to confess, if you're willing to raise your hand, that you're not wasting, Raise your hand. (laughs) Oh boy, that was a bad joke that I was about to say that I remembered from the fire department. You hear some crazy ones in there. Um, How many of you are willing to raise your hand that you are not waiting patiently for something that God has promised you? Today is the day that you lay it back before Him. Don't walk through those double doors in the back of this room without confessing that that is a sin in your soul 
and that you are willing to lay it before Him and allow Him to do what only He can do. Don't do it. Part of our job as elders is to hold you accountable, right? To the things in, in your life. And that is part of your job for us as well. You know that? Y'all can do that. Wait patiently before Him. Hebrews 6.12 says, uh, so that you may not be sluggish. Why do we need to be patient? So that we may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How do you inherit the promises? You do it by waiting patiently. So how do we do this? I'm going to give you three things real quick um, in, in a conclusion that you can take with you today and you, begin, you can begin to live out this patience journey and we can do it together. No matter the circumstances, these three things uh, you can partake in. You can believe in His promises, step one, right? You can believe in the promises that God has made to you, right? You can obey His will, now that one right there, I promise you, is going to take a lot of grunt work. A lot of grit of the soul. It's going to cause you to dig real, real deep. To obey His will rather than follow your own will. Right? It's going to make you die to yourself. Which is the beautiful thing about Christ living in us and obeying His will. And the third thing is you leave the results up to Him. You leave the results up to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit living in you. Who the Father is working out all of His things through them. Through us in them, right? He is, he is taking on this stance of kingdom opportunity in the world that we live in. Do you know why He sent Jesus Christ to, his, to this earth? To forgive sin, sure, right? But it's way deeper than that. So that the kingdom of heaven can be present on this earth as it is in heaven. How does that get accomplished? Through you and me allowing the Holy Spirit to live through us. How do we allow the Holy Spirit to live through us? We believe in His promise. We obey His will. And we leave the results up to Him. We don't need to manufacture results. You hear me, church? You do not need to manufacture results. The results are His promises. He is faithful to His promises. If we are partaking in the things that He has called us to do, we are obeying His will over ours, the results will come because we are following His plan for His kingdom on this earth as it is in heaven. Be patient. Walk humbly before the Lord. Pray diligently for the Lord to use you in ways that you never thought He could. Right? Our world and our culture, especially the Western world, is in desperate need of you to live out your faith in a humble, patient way. The microwave culture is a fix-it personal justice satisfaction culture. Just fix it, make it happen right now, make justice come and satisfy this thing in my life that I just want immediate results with, right? 
This is a listen, trust, sanctification type mindset. How does sanctification happen? I put it, put myself in this bad boy. I turn it on low. Sometimes it feels like it's on high. I put it on low. I sprinkle a little bit of joy in there. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I put all that in there. I turn it on low. And I say, God, here I am. Use me. You trust Him. You obey His promises. And you believe that He's the author and perfecter of your faith. Let's pray. God, we need nothing more than, um, than Your presence, Lord. I'm reminded that uh, so often in my own life and in my own journey, I'm constantly trying to, uh, I'm constantly trying to manufacture results that I feel like You've promised me. Somewhere or another, I'm, I'm constantly seeking out, trying to manufacture the results that I know that you have put deep, 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 deep down in my soul. And I confess that amongst these folks in this room and in this building today. But I am committed in this moment to lay those things down. To be patient above all things. To remain steadfast. To remain faithful. To remain on the, on the journey that you have set my feet upon. I will not walk through those doors in the back of this room without asking you to come, take my life, use me, change me, help me put on the new. And I pray that these folks in these chairs would, would do the same. God, may we be reminded in this moment of the, our ability as followers of Christ, for those of us that have confessed Christ as King, we have the ability to approach the throne room with grace, of grace, through grace. Your mercy and your blood is good enough for us, Lord. We will accept that and we will come to you and we will bow down before you. We will allow you to do what only you can do in our life. We come with humble expectation, Father. We know that we are not good enough. And it's only your power that works through us, Lord. Come have your way in us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.